a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Verse 11, Moses said, who 
am I? Point at somebody and tell them no more excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. Verse 12, it says, and God said, I will be with you. I want to use as a subject this morning, I've got the power. I've got the power. The power. I want, to, I want to encourage you this morning. You have the power of God on your side. Amen. I've got the power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you just to see another day. This is the day that you have made it, God. We are already rejoicing and glad about it and glad in it. And so, God, we just thank you, God. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for keeping us from danger seen and unseen. So, Heavenly Father, now as we get ready to break bread and share your word, I pray, God, now that you would just anoint me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I pray, God, that you would help me to preach your holy word as I stand behind this sacred podium. God, I pray that your people would see all of you and none of me, and they would hear all of you and none of me. God, now I pray that we would all be edified and you would be glorified. It's in Jesus' name, the only name that matters. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I've got the power. The question raises, uh, the text raises a question that all of us should consider. And the question is, what's holding you back from serving or doing what God has called you to do? That's a question that all of us need to consider, if not today, at some point in time. Amen. Do you make excuses? Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel unworthy? Etc. Etc. There's all kinds of books, all kinds of books and articles. So much has been written about living a purpose-driven life. I remember Pastor Rick Warren, he has a book called Purpose-Driven Life. So much has been written about that kind of thing, a purpose-driven life or living out our different callings, if you will. The fact of the matter is this morning, y'all, God has some kind of work for all of us to do in the kingdom. The most important being witnessing Jesus Christ to others. God has a work for all of us to do. Something for every last one of us to do. He called Noah to build an ark. He called Moses, as we're going to see in the, in the book of Exodus. He called Moses and Aaron to fulfill their task. He called prophets like Samuel. And he called Jeremiah and Amos and many other prophets. He called Abraham and Sarah to to uproot themselves from their family's land and go to a place that he would later show them. He put people in leadership like Joseph, uh, Joshua in the book of Joshua. He put Saul in leadership, and then he put David in, le in leadership as well. He, he sent Jesus to the earth to, to, to do a task as well. Think about it from that perspective. Uh, God has something for all of us to do this morning. I'm going to take it one step further. God has some work for people to do outside of the church as well. Everybody's not called to be a pastor. Everybody's not going to be a minister. Everybody won't be a deacon. But God has something for everybody. Lottie, dotty, and everybody. 
Paul says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Not for you. Whatever you do. You ought to shout to me, I got something to do. I got something to do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This is Martin Luther King weekend, y'all. And tomorrow we honor the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, a man of, he was a man of conviction and prayer. He's probably the most visible leader of the civil rights movement. He, he, he bases nonviolent protests against race, racial injustice in the U.S. on Christian principles. Yeah. That movement catalyzed in the 1955 uh, uh, bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama. Just after that boycott, he launched a... Uh, one night he, he was sitting around the table and he received a life-threatening phone call. And what he did, he immediately turned to God in prayer while sitting at that kitchen table. That's, that's when God spoke to him and told him he needed to stand up for righteousness. He needed to stand up for justice. He needed to stand up for truth. And he went on to respond and he, he obeyed God. He was faithful and he went on to become what we would consider the greatest civil rights leader of all time. Simply because he, he communicated with God and he heard his purpose or his calling from God. I want to say it again. God has something for all of us to do. We have to seek him on what exactly that is. We, we, we got to seek God for what it is he desires for us to do. What this gift is that he has deposited in us. What is this calling or work that he has for us. Dr. King heard it at the kitchen table. Yeah. Moses heard it at this burning bush. Yeah. Where did you hear it at? Or where are you going to hear it at? But the reason that God has something for all of us to do. Is about the glory of him. The glory of God. And the kingdom of God. So here we are in Exodus this morning. The Israelites have multiplied in Egypt. This new king, this new pharaoh, he is displeased with it. He has ordered his people to deal shrewdly or harshly with them. So he put slave masters, or some versions say taskmasters, over them, which resulted in forced labor. But however, the Bible tells us the Israelites, even in their oppression, they continued to multiply. Oh, pharaoh didn't like this. It's this upset, this new pharaoh. He goes, over, he goes on to order the, the Hebrew midwives to kill all the baby boys during childbirth. But he told them to keep the girls alive. And I love it because these women, they feared God. So they, they disobeyed the king and let all the Hebrew boys leave. This is how we have Moses. Moses comes about as a result of these midwives who feared God more than they feared some old king with bad intentions. Moses was discovered along the banks of the Nile River by Pharaoh's very own daughter, floating in a basket in the brook. <laughs> then the Bible goes on to tell us in Exodus chapter 2 that Moses fled to Midian because he, he saw a Hebrew man uh, kill an Egyptian during a scuffle. There was a Hebrew man and an Egyptian man. They got into a scuffle and, and Moses saw it and he killed the Egyptian man. But the Hebrew man saw him, so he brought it up to Moses, and Moses fled because he feared for his 
own life. I want you to understand this morning, Moses has a past based on this. Moses is now a murderer based on this. And, and the question the point is, sometimes we, we won't do what God called us to do because something in our past. I believe that applies to all of us. No matter what is in our past, God still wants to use us and can use any of us. What we see in Moses, what we see with Moses, it demonstrates God's desire for relationship with people. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been. Moses already has a past. In the second chapter of Exodus, already has a past. God still wants to use you. I came to encourage you this morning. God wants to be close to us. And he will go to great lengths to make sure he can use us. What I'm really trying to tell you is you can't outrun God. Oh, Moses. Moses fled, but he couldn't outrun God. In fact, I want to take this a step further that he ran right where God needed him to be. And so we see with Moses, we can't outrun God. God will get to us some kind of way. God, what, what we see here, God wants all of us to walk in our purpose that he has deposited into our lives. And so now the Israelites, they, are, they have grown into slavery. They are moaning and groaning. They are, they are crying and they cried out to God. God heard them and he, he remembered his covenant with Abraham. And so what these Israelites, the people done, they, they turned to prayer. In the midst of their dire situation. For 400 years, some 400 years, they, they have been making bricks to build Pharaoh's cities. But these cries, they did not go unheard. God cared about the needs of his people and the, the time for their deliverance has now come. So when, when, we, when we examine the text this morning, we, we learn a few things about God's calling on our lives individually. We learn about God's power and we learn about God's presence. Amen. So what do I mean by I've got the power? Number one, I want you to understand, number one, this morning, God's calling is irrespective of social constructs. You ought to write that down. His calling, whatever he has called you to do, his, his purpose in your life, whatever the gift he has given you, it is irrespective of social constructs. What do I mean by that? Whatever God has placed on your life, or whatever purpose he has placed in your heart, all of these limitations and constructs that society, society has created, they go out the window. When God calls you to do something or places an assignment on your life, it, it, it doesn't matter where you may find yourself in life. It doesn't matter what kind of social demographic you're currently in. When God gets your attention, God calls imperfect people into relationship with him to accomplish his perfect plans. Did you hear me? God calls imperfect people. All of us are imperfect. But God calls us to do his perfect work. And it all results in his glory. I love verse 10. Verse 10 says, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Think about that for a second, if you will. It's, it's very significant. Moses is living in obscurity. 
He's living a life at this point of just an average Joe. He's, he's tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jephro, the, the priest, priest of Midian. He goes to the far side of the wilderness, the scripture says, and he has what is called a theophany, a divine encounter with God. Think about that for a second. Just an average joke. Minding my business. Doing what I want to do every day. But then God calls me to do something. There's a bush on fire. Moses gets a little nosy. He's, he's curious about this burning bush. It was there that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire. I love it because God has a peculiar way of getting our attention. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine some of you that are retired. Imagine sitting at home watching The Price is Right. Then all of a sudden your television is on fire. It's on fire, but it's not burning. I want to suggest you be curious about that. This is the same way Moses is curious. This, this, this bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. It was God. God was there at that bush. His presence was there in that bush. And I can, I can imagine, y'all, his day started like any other day. He was in the wilderness tending sheep, simply minding his own business. But you never know when your life will be changed forever. God can, God can swoop down and change your life forever. God, God used this encounter with this burning bush to change Moses' life forever. It was no mistake, though, because it was God that led Moses to the far side of this desert. And I want to tell you again this morning, whatever God has called you to do, it's not a mistake. It's not a mistake wherever God leads you to go. God led Moses to where he needed Moses to be. God leads him to where he needs him to be, then he communicates the message to him. God called from this bush, Moses, Moses. Moses says, here I am. Yeah. God says, do not come any closer. God said, take your sandals off for the place you are standing yeah. is yeah. holy ground. Wow. Holy ground. That's significant because uh, they, they were Old Testament times. They took their shoes off in the yeah. temple when they went into the temple to keep everything pure. They didn't want to track anything impure into the temple. But God turned that place into holy ground. And then he commissioned Moses to carry out this assignment. God says, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about this suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. What I want you to understand today is never let your social status determine if you're worthy enough to be used by God. Amen. Think about Moses' past. Never let your social status determine if you're worthy enough to be used by God. It doesn't matter if you're 9 or 79. Doesn't matter how much education you have. Doesn't matter how much money you have. The size of your house. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on social media. When God wants to use you, He will position you to be used for His glory. Whomever you are, God can use you to achieve His purpose, to facilitate His will on the earth. That's what we see with Moses this morning. 
burning bush revealed the power and the glory of God. It, it, it God used this burning bush to commission Moses for his purpose to save his people. The question then becomes again, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? The, the, your social status doesn't matter. Moses is in the field. He's tending sheep. His social status didn't matter because it's God who calls you. It's God who commissions you to do what he called you to do. That's what I love about it. Moses is flawed. He has flaws just like the rest of us. I got skeletons in my pocket. I'm sure you have some of yours too. I, 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 didn't, I didn't do everything right this past week, and I'm sure you didn't either. I wanted, to, I wanted to speak my mind this week, and I'm sure you probably did too. In fact, I'm sure you probably did. But the point, of, the point is, y'all, it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. We all have sin. We all come short of the glory of God. So we see here, God can use a flawed person. We all have a role to serve, y'all. Yes. We all are part of the body of Christ. Yes, and I want you to understand whatever assignment God has given you is, is, is no less important than somebody else's assignment. You may not be a pastor, you may not be a preacher, but that doesn't make it any less than the pastor of the preacher. This is what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12. He says, For, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. In other words, I don't know what your role is, but God has called all of us and gifted us to serve him in some capacity. I want to reassure you, God's calling is irrespective of what society says about you. They said you wouldn't make it. God says, go. They said you wasn't worth two nibbles. God says, go. Uh, whatever, whatever label society places on you, you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't dress right. Uh, you're not light-skinned. You're too dark. Things like that. All these labels that society places on us. God doesn't care about all that. God calls each of us one of his very own precious children. So don't get caught up in what society says. Focus on what God says. God told Moses to go. God will tell us the same thing. Do this. Don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Secondly, we learn, y'all, I love it. God's presence will empower his call. This is why Paul was serving title from God's presence will empower his God. I've got the power. Beloved, you have the power of God with you. What that means is you have to trust that God will empower you to carry out the assignment. You, you need to be confident in God that if he called you to do it, he will equip you to do it. What's, what's interesting here, Moses, he has an encounter with God. He, he sees the burning bush. He gets nosy. He goes over to check it out. God says, take off your shoes, your sandals, you're on the holy ground. 
God spills the beans to him. He gives him the uh, he gives him the directions, the orders, the instructions. But Moses makes all kinds of God says, Moses, I need you to go down to Egypt and get Pharaoh together. I need you to get Pharaoh together. Verse 11, Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Have you ever said that? Have you made those excuses? Who am I? We talked about being humble this morning in Sunday school. Uh, Moses has a case of insecurity. He has a case of insecurity. He, he's making excuses. Moses says, who am I that I should go down to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Verse 12, God said, I will be with you. And, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. In other words, when y'all come out, this is going to be the same place where y'all are going to worship me. Right here at Horeb on Mount Sinai. But what we see is Moses, what Moses is, excuses and insecurity. Write this down. Excuses and insecurities are the enemies of purpose. Uh, excuses, insecurities, they are the enemies of purpose. We, we talk about spiritual warfare and Bible study, y'all. This is it right here. It's the enemy of your purpose. The assignment on your life is given by God. But what the enemy does is plant these excuses, these insecurities in your mind to stifle you, keep you from doing what God has called you to do. You want to talk about spiritual warfare? This is it right here. This is it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is it right here. What Moses is now dealing with, he's feeling inadequate. I'm not good enough. We all deal with it. It's okay to tell yourself. Because when I came here, I felt inadequate too. And Renee, I'll tell you, I, I call myself all the time old Rudy Poop preacher. <laughs> <laughs> a Rudy Poop, you never heard that before. Yeah. I'm from the country. <laughs> we all deal with it, y'all. <laughs> Who am I that God would call me the pastor of this church? I ain't, I ain't got the preacher skill like some of these other cats. I don't hoop and holler. I don't dance all over the pulpit. God, who am I that you're sending me over here to Kempfield Road? God says, go. Excuses, insecurities, y'all, they are the enemies of purpose. I call them enemies, y'all, because they drive disobedience. They drive disobedience, which could then lead to a delay of what God is trying to accomplish through us. Moses, he's insecure about his calling for God, before God. But God assures him, here it is, that he is with him. I've got the power. Feeling in Africa, y'all, it's, it's not exclusive to Moses. When God places a calling on our lives and tells us to do something, it's, it's not uncommon to feel in Africa. And I want to counter that. And say, in some ways, we should feel inadequate. And I say, we should, some way, we don't want to stay there. 
But I say that because what God has us to do, the assignments He places on our life, they are heavy responsibility. It's not to be taken lightly. That's why I say we may have a little bit of uh, inadequacy there. The, the assignment, y'all, and often, often the assignments that God gives us is, is often heavier than any responsibility we've ever had. All right. You want me to go over here and pastor? Mm. Yeah. I remember Deacon Evans called me and asked me that I still was I still interested. Yeah. I said, yeah, but in the back of my mind, I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But here we are. Look at God will give you what you need. He will give you what you need. He just wants us to trust Him, y'all. He wants us to trust Him and be obedient. Imperfect people to be used by a perfect God. I, I, I want to say God masters the imperfect and the inadequate. He takes that, y'all. He takes that. And he, he turns us into vessels of redemption. Whatever we had in our past, whatever inadequacies we got, he takes that. Those inadequacies, those social constructs, he takes that and he redeems us and he uses us for his glory. So at the same time, you're serving your assignment. You're, you're leading others to Christ. Through you, God gets all the glory. God perfects the imperfect because through you, there is redemption. Through you, he gives the glory. Even in your own insecurities, God is glorified. Even when others think you're not worthy, God uses you to get the glory while at the same time giving you redemption. So we got to understand God's calling on our lives, whatever He's called us to do. It's not about us, it's all about Him. And I want to flip that on the head. I, I would suggest the more inadequate and imperfect we are, the more God is glorified. Because those same people that said you would never be anything, they see working, they see God working in you. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Moses, he, he knew who he was. He just wasn't sure what it took to get the job done. He, he questions his ability to do something that was a job that only God could do. You want me to go down to Egypt, talk to this crazy old king, and lead all these people back to the promised land. Who am I? God says, I am with you. Do you believe that today? Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that the Lord is with you? Yeah. You've got the power. Yeah. You've got the power of God. But here's the last thing we see in the text. God equips us for the assignment. All right. All right. He, he, he equips us for the assignment. The good news is this morning, whatever God wants you to do, He will equip you to do it. In addition to that, He will send you to help you need. In the midst of, of us feeling inadequate and unworthy, God knows just 
what we need. In fact, I would argue with you this morning, God is already two steps ahead of you. He's already got it all planned out. So Moses watched this. Now, earlier he was feeling inadequate, but now he now he wonders how he will be received by the people. So not only will, will excuses and inadequacy be the enemies of purpose, worrying about what people will say also becomes the enemy of purpose. Moses now wonders how the people will receive him. Verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them that God, we didn't read this earlier, verse 13, and I, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them that God and your fathers have sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you want to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. In other words, Moses saying these people might think I'm crazy by trying to rescue them. But God responds to Moses' initial question by giving him the name Yahweh. I am who I am. It essentially, it essentially boils down to the people not knowing who Moses is, nor who God is. He's the God of Isaac, Abraham, Abraham, Isaac. Jacob. Tell him that's who sent me to God reveals himself to Moses. Now he wants Moses to be an agent for you. That's, that's what it comes down to, beloved. You got the power because God wants you to be an agent for him. You got the power of God within you because he wants you to accomplish, accomplish the assignment. He wants you to answer the call. I am who I am. I am with you. Tell them people who sent you. Yeah. And so we see here, God promises Moses his presence and the power of his name. I am who I am. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm, I'm a generational God. Yes, yes. He promised Moses his presence and the power of his name. Moses only had two choices here. You, you either do what God has told you to do or you become disobedient. Moses is worried about himself and the response of the people. But he had, he had yet to learn the simple lesson that God wants all of us to learn. Simply trust and obey. He, he wondered what the people were going to say when he went back and told them he was going to lead them to the promised land. He now has to deal with the feeling of being rejected. That's what it is, y'all, rejection. He wasn't sure if he was the right man for the job, but now you want me to go down and get rejected by these people because of their skepticism about what I'm telling them? Moses learns about God in this very moment, y'all. And I want to show you this morning, God, he, he is the God. He knows our needs. He knows the needs of all of his people. Israel has not been forgotten about God, by God. The promise he made to Abraham is still, is still an active promise. He is the God who will save his people. Just like he commissioned Moses to rescue them, he sent Jesus to save us. That, that's the 
power. Yes. Yes. You've got God. Yes. Don't let anything hold you back. Yes. God says it's time out for the excuses. Yes. Amen. We, we got work to do. Don't worry yes. about the excuses. I will give you just what you need. Come on, give God praise this morning. And you believe that God will give you everything you need? God is going to meet you right where you are. No more feeling inadequate. No more excuses. Trust God for everything you need. I will be with you. I will. Tell a little Pharaoh to get his act together. Don't, yeah. let, don't let insecurity rob you yeah. of your purpose. Yeah. Don't let it hold you up. God still uses all of us. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a young child in the back. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.